All right, welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in Old Town, Rock Hill, South Carolina, right here in Knowledge Park at Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Welcome on this sunny day. I hope everybody's enjoying the I don't know when you're listening to this, but I hope you're enjoying the weather, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. In Antarctica. In Antarctica, yeah. And uh, I'd like to lead by saying uh, we hope to hear a lot from Silent Micah today. Micah, well said. Well said. Chris, <laughs> good to have you back as always. Thank you. Good to be back as always. All right. And we have joining us um, also Josiah over there in the end from Rebel Club. Hello. All right. And our guest today. You know, Connor, I don't even know your last name. It's Clinch. Clinch. Connor Clinch? Connor Clinch. Are you the hero in a movie? No, I, no. Uh, I, the one thing I had for that is uh, my friend uh, Nick Vysotsky in high school would just be like, oh, Connor Clinch your butt cheeks, man. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm he that guy. Boy, he nailed I'm, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you, I think it definitely sounds like, like a recurring book series character, yeah, you know? So. Yeah. For what that's worth. Or okay. You could change it to Clutch. We'll maybe. have to send it yeah. to uh, Steve, this. Stephen King. Yeah, yeah exactly. see, what, see what he says. <laughs> so, uh, Connor, you are about to graduate from Winthrop, is that right? Yep, uh, in May. Nice, well, congratulations. Thank you. Assuming you make it. Yeah, no, I'm going to make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, put too much into this. Okay, right, yeah, I hear you. And, uh, are you going to, like, beat him up after this and be like, assuming you make it? and like? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, I feel a little good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. So, anyway... Um, you came here from Greenville. You grew up in Greenville. You came to Winthrop. Talk to me. Talk to us about. I think we're good. Anybody want anything? Another beer? Uh, I'm I'm good for now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably yeah. get one in a minute. Thank you. Appreciate it. So let me start that again. So um, you grew up in Greenville. You moved to Winthrop. I mean, moved to Rock Hill to go to Winthrop. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with what you're doing at Winthrop. What are you studying there? Uh, I am studying to be a sculpture and printmaking. Uh, I guess studio general studio. Bachelor of Fine Arts. Okay. Uh, so fo- this is my two like uh, areas of focus. Okay. So you you consider yourself a sculptor? Uh, I would actually right. I would consider myself more of a printmaker than a sculptor because money, for the most part, whenever I took my sculpture classes, I worked with objects and trying to fuse like different sort of objects together. So right. I've had uh, a music box that was box that was made out of like a cardboard box. Right. Um, that has like lined with felt and it's had like this like hidden like sound system that played this obnoxious song that just said it's music over and over and over again. Or uh, uh, I had this uh, ball and chain or balloon and chain and it's just like this giant uh, steel chain that's been welded together and it holds up on its own with like a latex balloon on the top. Oh, so it's like, like, yeah, it's not, it's not more of kind of like what you think like, I guess, like a Henry Moore like sculpture, like where you just weld some metal together and be like, paint it like just one primary color and right. just like, oh, this looks good. Yeah. Like, uh, it's more just like kind of fusing objects together. Okay. I would actually so, even say that to the layman, when they hear sculpture, they think about like the Michelangelo, you know, they're only thinking about like figures or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With what, what's ever made in bronze, like, or, yeah. or casted, uh, I guess like probably. shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That could be. So, stupid layman. <laughs> so people, I know, uh, can talk about if you create a sculpture by, you know, let's say you're going to take a large rock and you're going to chip away at it to find the form as you get down into the rock, or you can kind of build up something 
to be something you envision. Is yours more happening in neither of those ways? More about fusing things? Kind yeah, of from it's, the side? it's more of like a uh, collision of like collision. What, like what would happen if you take one thing and another thing right. and see like what they what what kind of like experiment goes on yeah. when they're brought together. Very cool, man. So that's your sculpture, but you just said you're not a, really a sculptor. I uh, yeah, I don't. I am more interested in printmaking and the ideas of art and like. At least right now, yeah, because it changes. Like being an artist, it's like you're supposed to be given that freedom to kind of oh, like of yeah. wake up the next morning and be like, oh no, I don't, I don't feel like uh, doing this today. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Man. It sucks because I was a really sorry. Step on your comment. No, just go red. I would say like that's because the way you just described sculpture was really awesome. Like when you were oh, talking you about like colliding. I thought you were gonna then say, "And I am a sculptor, and therefore yeah, I, am, I a am a sculptor." So now I'm a sculptor. Yeah, that's my side job. Yeah, I I do that for the money. Uh, what I do, <laughs> <laughs> what I really like to do is uh, play uh, D and D on weekends. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Which you also do for money, but we won't talk about yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Josiah, were you gonna jump in? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I can't say much about the underworld of D&D gam <laughs> competitive gambling and D&D. The secrets are really between the players. So. At best, you say nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry, do you excuse yourself? <laughs> that's why they listen to the show. <laughs> and that's why, and that's the kind of gold you'll get on this. It will be back. This program brought to you by Depends Underwear. That, that's the clip we're gonna play when you think the show's on, but it's not. But it's like, and then it's like Chris and Jason in yeah. the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so not being a sculptor and having a very interesting uh, philosophy on sculpture, you are a printmaker. What is? What do you mean? What is printmaking? Oh, what is printmaking? Uh, for me, uh, it's okay. I mean, like, I'm not gonna be. Do you want to? Like, because you just pitched the hell out of sculpture, <laughs> yeah, right. so you, dude, you gotta get it together. <laughs> Dictionary.com, like, definition you of what printmaking is. Elevator speech on printmaking. Yeah, 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 like, I don't know what you mean. I mean, are you rolling uh, paper so, between two giant stuff? Yeah, is that what you're doing with that art degree, rolling papers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. If you ask anyone in Congress, that's what an art degree is for. Right. Yeah, right. but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm like focused on screen printing and probably more uh, like advertisement based when it comes to like my printmaking stuff. I just did a piece for my buddy Nathan Matthews who uh, had a percussion performance of his contemporary piece uh, titled uh, "A Man with a Gun Lives Here," and it's a whole percussion piece based off of hobo signs and stuff like that. Uh, and he commissioned me and two other artists at Winthrop to uh, design a screen print based off of one of the movements in the piece. And I yeah. actually got the movement named A Man With A Gun. Oh, Let's very cool, yeah. Um, so usually I kind of like tackle it based off of more like parameters that are given to me rather than like ones that I build up on my own. And sculpture is like coming more from myself. Right. So. Okay, wow. So I, 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 I see a more direct line to design and printmaking rather than like ideas and sculpture. Because okay, objects yeah. kind of hold a whole like embodiment of like an idea like what you ex like expect and think of when you imagine the word of a specific object. Right, yeah. As opposed to true invention. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. So they have a thingness about them already, basically. They it exists. And that's them. what you're playing with. Yeah, the, the thingness of it. do is yeah. repurpose the meaning yeah. of an object. Yeah. Versus somebody having a concept that they're trying to get an outcome of some kind and you design that into yes. some type of print. Yeah, and that, that's... That's that works really well too because it's just another parameter. Like you have the first parameter of like 
having two objects and you're thinking about what they mean or the, what people conceive of when they think of the word itself right. of an object. Now, hold on. You're back to sculpture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I but think you're a sculptor, dude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the, what are the names? Because I'm, I'm very naive about a lot of it. What are the, like, subclasses of sculpture? Because, like, if you, like I said, if you said sculpture to my dad, he would immediately picture Michelangelo's David. I think earlier I said the Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. I'm um, like, <laughs> what are, what are some, like, the names of, like, art? Is that, is that even a thing? Uh, there's not really things. It's more about medium, probably. Okay. Like, you know, like sculpture, if you're like talking about your dad, he thinks of Michelangelo and like, you know, David. Yeah. Uh, and he then that. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> now, does he imagine oh, with the leaf or without the leaf? Okay, the, the, the I David. Know. I've never seen, seen it. <laughs> I don't know why it looks like that, okay? <laughs> But, but then you so grew up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> then you grew up in the '60s, and uh, you got like Henry Moore, um, and he's like just taking like giant steel sheets and kind of like welding them together. Would that be like what's in Detroit or um, Baltimore? Those giant steel uh, buildings, sculptures. <laughs> it could that be people walk in and out of. Oh, like, they drive so, no, so that that's not Henry Moore. Henry Moore is more focused on design too, like having like odd shapes that are just like looks like a half moon like crescent oh, okay. on top of like a beam and it's balanced weird or like uh, John or Calder Alexander Calder like mm. like having things balanced and it's more about like how things interact with each other right. and then uh, we've got uh, what's his name uh, no I'm not trying to think of uh, what's his he, you like walk through his sculptures uh, he had the Anish big wall Kapoor? not Anish Kapoor <laughs> that, that's you getting too ahead of yourself no you, you Donald Judd. Not Donald <laughs> Judd either. I can't think of his name. Why Nona? Richard Serra. Oh, Serra. Richard Serra. So, Richard like, so, so you have, uh, it's more about the inter uh, relation between specific objects in the piece. And then you get to Richard Serra, who's trying to bring more of the relationship between the viewer and the object itself. So, like, the, the space that you occupy. Right. And the space that the the, okay. the actual sculpture occupies. So architecture. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean. right. It's interesting. You know, I was in uh, D.C. recently, and uh, with my family, my wife and my two children, and we walked through the um. Oh, gosh, the, I think it's the Korean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the White House. Yeah, the Oval Office, and it the, was cool. Yeah, it was round. We got a lot it wasn't oval. It was weird. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we <laughs> we walked through the Korean monument. Have you ever done that? Uh, not the Korean, I've, the and so, Vietnam. No, what it is, so it's like, it's um, soldiers walking through this uh, Oh, yes, I have walked field. through that. I have, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. walk among them, and they're like, it's real people walk, just walking, and they're like, oh, hunched over, and they're in the rain, you know, it looks, it looks miserable. Oh, okay, wait, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. So yeah. wait, that, is that more like installation art, or? Well, no, that's a memorial. It's that's a, a memorial. It's a memorial. Yeah. They're like they're cast in bronze yeah. and stuff okay, like okay, that. Okay. But it's incredible in terms of when you talk about interacting with the space to walk through there and walk around them. It's like you stopped time and you're walking in a. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. imagine yourself walking like on you're a in super the field of Viet Cong yeah, with right. them. It's crazy. And having to deal with like how shitty in, that is in <laughs> Korea. Yeah, my, and actually my grandfather was in Korea, so it had a particular poignancy with uh, that to me. But anyway, it was a very powerful thing. So what about the guys that are architecture? You know, do you look around downtown Rock Hill and as an artist, do you say like, do you discover amazing things or do you want to participate in, in building things here? Or how does that strike you? Uh, specifically with Rock Hill itself, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity to grow 
uh, with the arts, and I like I can see like little pockets of just like people who are just as invested in and like other people they're trying to bring those pockets to like new audiences and stuff like that. So so let me okay so fair enough. Let me let me ask you this question. That was the question I was trying to ask, and we'll get back to what you were saying. I mean, the physical architecture uh, in terms of sculpture interacting with space. Do you find? Do you ever walk around and find that in your livable environment, or you mostly do it in kind of the academic setting with the materials around? Oh, you? okay. Uh, no, I usually it's like just I guess academic setting, also just like kind of like playing with ideas in my head. Okay. So that's like one probably. Uh, causation of me thinking about objects is because I'm just like working my head and I think of a word right. first. Yeah. I'm not like like walking downtown and like I see something and I'm trying trying to react okay, to gotcha, it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So cool. That's... But it, but anyway, let me get back to what you were what you were saying just a second ago. Let's talk about the arts in Rock Hill. I mean, from your perspective, a student graduating from Winthrop, focused in the arts. I mean. Everything from you know, kind of the department that you participated in, and then its interaction with the community around it. I mean, what's your perspective on where we are with the arts here? Uh, I feel like there is, if there is going to be like a burgeoning art like culture here, there's still like a lot of work to be done. So it's it's not even just like on the like uh, the job of like we need artists because there's a lot of artists here already, but there's a lot of like kind of like curatorial jobs and like advocates advocacy like work that probably needs to be more like uh, just done like yeah. more of that effort yeah. for arts to thrive and th but there are a lot of uh, like little like glimpse of hope with uh, a lot of grants that like Winthrop Scott like they've got that roundabout coming up yeah. with uh, they're gonna choose a student's uh, proposal yeah. for that which is like really cool and I know uh, the family trust project was cool yeah that was like really great and Wells Fargo does that thing uh, like every two years with the sculpture department of okay, like cool. having those sculptures that like come up. Oh, uh, the ones down here in the yeah, garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, actually, one of those are mine right now. Oh, really? Yeah, so. Very cool. I mean, I'm impressed that we have, I grew up here, and I'm impressed that we have a sculpture garden downtown Rock Hill. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, think, yeah. like growing up here and, and wanting to make movies, the first year that we had a film festival, I mean, it was like, that I think is really cool about Rock Hill. Like, I, like even in Greenville, they, like, they didn't have anything like that going on. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like it just depends on the medium and the pocket, like whatever like kind of thing you're in. Yeah, and it's like it, it absolutely fits with what's happening downtown to have a film festival. Right. But I would continually, while at, especially that first year, be at it and stop and be like, "Holy crap!" But like, yeah, in 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 my town, yeah, you, grew you know, up in Rock Hill, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it just always seemed a million miles away. And now, coincidentally, the way that there's so much production in the South that they had that Robert Kirkman or Kirkman, whatever, that the Walking Dead guy, yeah, the Walking Dead guy that they shot in Rock Hill, and that's. It's so surreal. It's, yeah, it's strange how much it makes sense. Those guys occupied the whole top story of a building on Main Street, man, and, and hired all kinds of people. They did a presentation to the Rocky Economic Development Corporation about how much money they either directly spent in the budget of their work or brought in and coordinating the spending of. And man, it was, I, I wish I remembered the numbers, but it was staggering, the impact that that one company had on this Absolutely, community. especially a series like that. I mean, when a movie, comes to your town it's sort of like a corporation coming to your town for three to six months or whatever yeah. was, there, really was there another uh tv show that came here like outcast or was yeah, it outcast was, was the one yeah that's your oh uh, yeah you said There's walking dead well, well it was a guy that created walking dead created. oh okay cool, yeah. cool, cool. 
But and that's happening all over the South. It's happening. Hollywood is dispersed well, Georgia, all over. Georgia's the new yeah, Hollywood yeah. because of all the government, like the federal incentives, yeah. state incentives to like come and yeah, produce. Georgia there. pushed for that. Georgia very specifically pushed to have Hollywood come to Georgia, and it absolutely did. Is that happening here in South Carolina? Well, you know, they had all that in North Carolina for a long time. That's what how the Wilmington scene exploded, and then they repealed a lot of that or changed a lot of those laws. But those don't go into effect for a little while so and there's still a little bit of like simmering yes simmering. and they even have still have a lot more than most states even when those changes go into effect that's north carolina yeah so south carolina has received this kind of spinoff when um, this is my interpretation when kind of the buzz went around that north carolina was bailing on movie stuff there's this spill because of charlotte airport you know, Naturally, you can get just anywhere. Fall south. Yeah, yeah so they fall just south. yeah, the gravi gravity brought them down here, <laughs> yeah. and um, and so they ended up here, and so now North Carolina's kind of, I think some people at least are, are saying, whoa, 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 we need to you know get back yeah, on yeah, this, yeah. Um, and South Carolina's trying to get it going, and because what happens is, you know, when a business moves in, they hire a bunch of people. That's fantastic. You can't beat that. But when one of these, when an industry like that moves in, you have the constant contracting of local types of many many fragments and pieces that mm. just it's like an explosion of, of cash into the community mm. you know because whether people are running or selling burgers or whatever they're all affected by all these people that rush into town you know what I mean and do yeah. all this work let me let me switch gears here to Josiah for a second if I can pick on you Josiah um, what remind us the different types of arts that you participated in it went through in terms of you know sculpture or whatever else yeah, uh, Connor is actually going to receive in May the exact same degree that I have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you had to give yours back to give to him? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they have slashed budgets in the yeah, arts. Right. <laughs> it's, a it's, a, it's a tragedy, man. <laughs> They've got a grandfather in system. The arms just of come, an angel. <laughs> for just ten cents a day. Yeah, for ten cents a day, you can feed an artist a blow pop. <laughs> you, you can joke, but there are a lot of a lot of kids in the Rutledge Art Building who are eating out of the vending machine <laughs> like 75 cents a day and that's all they have. I mean, the dumpster too. Yeah. Like a lot of pizza gets hey, thrown out there. A six-pack of PBR for 10 cents a day. <laughs> American spirit cigarette. <laughs> so, but, but please continue. Like, same degree, but what did you work on specifically? Your art. Yeah, um, I was focused a lot less on screen printing with my printmaking. I did a lot of relief printmaking with lino cuts and also intaglio, which is etching into copper or zinc plates. It's the very dry answer. <laughs> so, uh, so you're carving into <laughs> copper and zinc? Well, yeah, yeah you, you use you acid. Can, yeah, Everyone at Put in an acid does. bath. We all got an <laughs> acid bath. We get to share an acid bath. We get to go swimming in the acid bath, and you dip your plates in, you dip your toes in there, and that eats away the image that you want to bring. Have you ever seen the movie Armageddon? Yes, but I don't remember. So it's about how they have to hire these oil driller guys to drill into a asteroid that's gonna blow up Earth. But technically, they could use you if you're used to like carving into copper and zinc. Because most asteroids, I'm pretty sure, are primarily zinc. Yeah, you could have you could have done I that. I don't know what you're basing that on. The facts. <laughs> you know as much about asteroids as you do about how long this podcast lasts. Like, <laughs> So, uh, go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. Um, then for sculpture, I did all, all sorts of stuff. Um, I did a lot of, of fabrication with, like, making stuff out of steel and wood. Um, and then towards the end of my time at Winthrop, I was working on kind of these, like, environments. 
Um, I, it turns out that since they made um, digital antennas the law, all the old TVs that you can't put a digital antenna on are for sale for like a dollar a piece at a lot of thrift stores. So I collected like dozens of these TVs and I was just like, uh, like filling up rooms with them and like turning them on like totally like full blast white noise and stuff like that. Um, so I was doing, I was kind of creating like these uh, spaces that people would go into. Okay, so that goes back to what we were talking about earlier where an artist is interacting. It's like a relation between the viewer, viewer and, and the art itself. Like, like that I think is probably which you can kind of summarize as like the main contemporary art focus really? is the relation of the not even just the viewer but the body of the viewer to the piece the of physical work. Body. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's what like artists think of when they're thinking of the viewer. They're not just thinking about like, okay, this viewer likes you know paintings with trees and flowers. Right. Like huh. no, they're thinking about like the physical body. Like this is a human being and like how they in, like experience life and like how am I going to create an art object that kind of like creates a new experience for that other new body yeah. or whatever. I mean, most, most human beings body size fall within like a very limited, like a very finite range of, you know, just the sheer like scale of how big our bodies are. So like how big you make something is really like one of the like starting points. You know, if you make something that's 20 feet tall, it's like two or three times the size of most human beings. Yeah, there's so. a very specific relationship and narrative between something that's massive in comparison to you, who you are human-sized. Yeah. Something that's, something that's the size of a quarter is the size of, you know, most people's, like, a, a unit of your finger. It's, you know, it's something you would hold in your hand. It's small. Like, yeah. those things are pretty universal for most human beings. Yeah, identical to, like, the way you frame someone with a camera. Like, if you're above them looking down, the camera is telling you this person is weak and insignificant. If you're below them looking up, the camera is telling you this person is powerful and bigger and, and more important than other people on frame. Scary. A little fat. Yes. Yeah. Little... <laughs> Thank you. Um. So you know, let's keep talking about this. I, I think that um, I'd like. Well, is there continuity between when you graduate? How long ago did you graduate, Josiah? Two years ago, right? Uh, no, going on three. Three. Okay. okay. So, is there pretty? Uh, consistent continuity, or I don't know if I'm butchering this question, but between when you graduated and then Connor now, when you're about to graduate, like, are y'all really learning uh, from each other across years and grades? Is there a community being built, or is it are y'all's experience pretty isolated from one another? Yeah, we were we were definitely in school at the same time, and we you know we we personally yeah we would talk about each other's work together. Um, one big change that's coming, the impact probably hasn't been felt yet, but is the passing of Paul Martica in the printmaking department. He was, you know, the beating heart of the printmaking department, so he passed away back in January, and now things are going to be definitely really different because that, that whole wing of the program took a lot of its personality from his personality. So. And that program is a significant recognized program right the arts program at Winthrop I mean it is it's it's like the top the top uh, art program college art program that you can get in South Carolina yeah uh, on street level and on and on a recognized level yeah uh, who do, I don't know who we have but we have people come and like certify the actual art program itself yeah uh, Tom Stanley and the rest of his crew work really hard to renew several different accreditations that 
the, the art department receives. And the, the whole university really works hard for a lot of different accreditations that, um, you know, they're these external, like, certifying bodies that send people in and really, like, analyze your whole program and your curriculum and everything. Uh, and every few years they have to come back and do it. And I don't, yeah, like Connor, I don't remember. They're all, you know, it's like the NHABC. <laughs> so it's all just a string of letters. But um, So the National Hockey League certifies yes. you guys as an art school? That's awesome. Yes. They said, check us out. Ah, wow. <laughs> so, you know, as, as the city's involved in revitalizing this area that's being called Knowledge Park, which is all the way from Cherry Road down to the south of uh, downtown. Mm -hmm. And so... It's kind of taking a lot. Is it, is it focusing on, like, that East Main or East White Street? Well, that, like, that, White Street? that whole development is just piece of it. Like, there's a giant development going on by Fountain Park that's about to start the summer, and then there's a giant development that's happening on the Bleachery property between... So there's going to be about, like, a $120 million development and a $200 million development all starting this summer. It's going to be insane. It's going to completely, radically change this, this city. But, um... It's going to be taking a lot of detours. Yeah, right. Um, but in the, in the process of kind of building all that, you know, the question is always around what's Winthrop's role. You know, we're trying to connect the university to the downtown. Like, we want the energy of academia, of, of, of smart people learning, young people. You know, we want all that infused into the community, right? Mm -hmm. There's huge investment happening to try to make that happen. So yeah. um, what, do you, what do you feel that the... Winthrop's role, the role the arts, you know, has in kind of the public experience, the experience of public life. Uh, I guess like I can only speak on like the Winthrop side since since I'm a student of Winthrop. You know, yeah. like I know there's a lot of programs in place to get us out and involved to like not only just be like working in our studios, but to be like seen in the public itself. When you say programs, you mean like what you're seeing in Winthrop, like like professors are pushing this? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I know for a fact, Sean Cassidy is probably one of the major figures of like- The 1970s being, rock star? Sean Cassidy? Yeah. Banshee the Mutant? Sean <laughs> Cassidy is a well-used name, apparently. I didn't know that. But never better used than our beloved Sean Cassidy, yeah, Rock Hill, North Winter, South Carolina. Winter professor, Winter University art professor, Except Sean, and sculptor and awesome. artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Sean he, Cassidy can't do that. He is a huge advocate on public art and uh, kind of just like infusing. Actually, I think he's more about the destruction of the line between the art world and like just the real world itself. Because right. I think there's a huge kind of like weird invisible barrier yeah. between the two worlds. Um, and so he's he's just like a really good uh, mentor and like just like active active activist. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, what do you think that is that gap? Uh, like in just like an art world itself. Yeah, and just the idea of art as a fringe weird thing. I mean, it can it can take place like it's probably weird because it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of money. Like I feel like a lot of people probably don't know that you can live and support yourself off of making art. Um, and so there's that initial divide, but there's also like the whole construct of like galleries too as well and like not many people like uh, think of especially like in the south like think that like you know what you can do on a Friday night is go to a gallery and like have like a drink at the bar like nearby or whatever. Uh, so there's that like physical divide, and then there's also like a like kind of whole intellectual divide between like trying to push art further 
to like on a new intellectual levels that can be isolating like to like more just like general public or whatever and additionally making it less commercial yeah yeah but i mean a public art is like it's a pretty happy medium and sean can kind of see the line between uh like bringing art and like things about art that like are enjoyed by artists and like just like normal people alike right uh so it's funny because i think that I think you're right, and I think it's funny that for most people that are consuming art in any form, that are whatever you would call the, the common man or the proletariat, if they're consuming art, I think if you were to tell them, the plebeians, yeah, that that thing you love is art, I think that most of them would be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that, because I think it is a concept cinema? of art. You think about cinema? No, I'm talking about like uh, Darius Rucker, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, like, yeah. th that is technically art, you know? Yeah. and. I don't think that the By common strictest definition. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's funny that it, it is the term art. I think that does creates that divide. Yeah, there's a Where, lot of like, uh, not secular. Uh, good God, what's the word? Accessible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just throw out some. No, uh, just large. Uh, like words themselves. Uh, semant no, semantics. Uh, semantics, like the whole semantic right. boundary that's like yeah. created just by like the actual definitions themselves. Absolutely. Because I, I mean, that's very fascinating to me, the idea that we, uh, I think that comes from the sort of social bubbles that we create in life that to, to tell ourselves that we aren't related to expression of some kind or that we aren't related to a narrative of some kind based purely on well, my social bubble tells me I'm not. You know, when the idea that, that you could ever be disconnected from any other human being's expression doesn't make sense. No, I hear you. I think a lot of what drives a lot of that separatism is um, is the kind of um, res what is responsibility. Um, and it's often defined as um, it leaves out a whole quality of, um, you know, almost spiritual or... Uh, I don't know, some type of wholeness. It's like, you know, if you if you work hard and you make money and you pay for things and you, you know, do whatever, you know, get your kids to school on time. And then if you need any of that spiritual stuff, you need to go to church on Sunday and you can find it there. But the fact that you have this kind of almost spiritual experience like on a daily basis and that you would be open to experiencing things, talking about things, being moved by things, I think it's just so, it makes people uncomfortable because it's like, you're not being a responsible adult if you're like sitting in the grass at the park enjoying this culture. It's like, get back to work, dude. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? So I think that really creates a, um, I think there's a, I don't know, a divide in our country. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's why, like you said, the, the idea that something would be bankable and would make money, and that's sort of what makes, for the, the, the common person, that's what makes something that is creative or artistic practical Le is that people will pay for it, you yeah. know? And they, and they, and it, it, unfortunately for the artist, it's a very socially awkward thing that you get to where you feel like you have to be legitimized by a stranger who wants to know how much money you make. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how freaking insulting is that? Who cares, dude? Like, that's not what I'm doing here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it's real, you know? It is. Many art students definitely know that pain. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, the only reason I went and got my master's degree in, uh, I got a master's in fine arts from Goddard College. The only reason I did it was because I wanted to finish my novel I didn't want to go get a job that would stop me from writing my novel. Mm. So the only socially like acceptable way that I could not feel like I'm apologizing to myself was to be working on my school. master's yeah, degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. Yeah, yeah. So I just did that so I could write my novel. You know, that's like whenever we're shooting and somebody walks up and they're like, "What are y'all doing?" 
I always say it's a student film because I'm so ashamed to say <laughs> none of us have been students for a long time. We are still doing I just because I don't want to stop and explain. I don't want to be like we're no, grown really men. Yeah, right. And like, let me sit and say, do you have a minute? And like, I'm not, I'm just going to say it's a student film. And then they keep walking. Then you're just a burden. You're just yeah, a burden. No, then it's like good. Like, oh, the students are out. That's exactly. Good. Yeah, and they're like, no, one, one of these days, they'll yeah. figure out oh, what's yeah. going on. The real on. world's coming fast, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But you know, there's also uh, a realness to that whole idea of the real world's coming fast, too. I mean, we can't be naive to think that. Um, I mean, I, I literally, I, I considered what professions I could have to where I could write in the morning. And I looked at a lot of things, like I looked at being maybe a mailman, you know, because Dude, I could... you got those government benefits. Yeah, yeah and, and I could write in the morning, I could do my route, and I'd have my neighbors and my friends, and I thought it would be cool. You know, you know prostitute. Yeah, I could prostitute myself, and you know, whatever else came along. You but see the difference between you two. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's spelled different. <laughs> but, um... But I ended the up. The mailman and the mailman. The mailman. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. But but it, it ended up being that such that by pouring myself in, I, I was trying to figure out how to make money from doing things that I love, and I was ruining the things that I love by trying to figure out how to make money from them. I was yeah. trying to play music and make money. It was awful. I hated it. You're trying to like just like shove uh, like something that doesn't fit into like yeah. another like someone like an idea of what someone else created. Yeah, like, and, for what and because be. I wasn't doing it for money, yeah. yet I had to say, well, dang, if I'm going to do it, i got to make money because I don't have any time otherwise. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, So that's the reality that isn't, that we can be naive about, that isn't like, oh, people need to be more open and spiritual. Like, that is a reality, man. You know, you got to make money, and you're tired at the end of the day. Yeah. But the tragedy about that, and the fallacy in that social idea that, uh, someone who is making money and making a salary is working hard versus an artist who isn't, he's, you know, whatever, screwing around, is that there are tons, tons of people in this country who are making a lot of money and not doing anything. They're in some corporate, you know, position that lets them sit around and look at Facebook. And then I don't know a single artist that doesn't work hard to do the things they're doing, even if they're not making a lot of money. So the idea that it's like you're lazy is so silly and wrong, you know? Absolutely, dude. And if you're making money, you're not. It's just so wrong. Well, there's a, I mean, being lazy or not being lazy is is a completely different thing from making money or not making money. Exactly. And being and being successful or not being successful is a different thing from those things as well. And, but, but you have to balance as an adult all three of those things. You know what I mean? Together to figure out how to have time for relaxing, enjoying life, spiritual experiences, doing your hobbies, you know, pouring yourself into something as well as being satisfied making money you know the whole deal man so anyway that's kids <laughs> that's what it takes yeah listen to here. be an adult let me take out really let's get a job is what i'm saying connor or i mean you could just be an artist <laughs> or you could just be there you go yeah, and there you have it yeah, yeah yeah so connor are you uh i mean do you have any aspirations man you, you know you're about to graduate like what would be ideal you, you'd be a Printmaker, sculptor. Uh, no, I think I think that way of thinking is probably going to be too depressing for someone because, like, <laughs> like if you're just like, I'm going to be this one thing, and you end up not becoming that thing, right. like you're going to be feeling pretty sad. So I've got like a couple things that I'm like, you know what? If like if this ends up happening, like if I become like a master printmaker, like that would be sick. But if I also become like a radio producer, right. like that would be cool too. Like so I don't creating like, things. Yeah, yeah. Like being open to like a lot of possibilities I think is like more key than anything else. Yeah. Very cool man. Well hey it's been a pleasure to have you on the show dude. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. First podcast of well 
I've been in a podcast, but this is the first one I've been interviewed in. So oh, okay. definitely, definitely interesting. And um, what was the other podcast? Uh, <laughs> uh, Potato Jesus Quarterly, the zine that came, uh, came out maybe like three, three times a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Yeah, we'll check it out, man. I'm sure the internet has some remnant of it somewhere. No, we don't like that. Okay. You, you, I don't support the internet. <laughs> like, this is totally non-internet. We don't believe in the internet. Yeah. They make Yeah, we. That's how we hand it out. You gotta, you gotta look, tape. look under a rock. Yeah. And room. Turnover. Hey, I left. Rock. I left a copy of my podcast at, at the rock, third rock. Yeah. yeah. That's why we thought Rock Hill was like the great, the great foundation. Uh, Okay, I'm going to end on that note. Rock Hill's the great foundation. You heard it from the man, the one and only, the Connor. And, um... Clinch. Clinch. <laughs> Clutch. <laughs> Clutch. Uh, any Connor. Any, yeah. any Connor, you choose. Um, this week, Connor Clinch finds the murderer of his long At the same time, I would like to say that, um, that your comments today were beautiful, Micah. And um, I would also he like gave to a say, um, yeah. this is auditory. He gave a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm not saying they were bad, but just you don't have to use the f word that much. Right, right. He gave a verbal thumbs up, which you couldn't hear <laughs> for some reason because the mic muted for a second oh, there. Um, Stephanie, thanks for joining us late in the in the game. You're welcome. Excellent. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Yeah, way to uh, pinch hit. Way to clinch hit. Mm. <laughs> I'm a bench hit. <laughs> bench hitter. Josiah, well played. Well played. Thank you. All right, so we'll see you next week on Old Town New World. <laughs> <laughs>